0: Welcome to the Majlis, podcast of the Muslim Society's Global Perspectives Project at Queen's University. Majlis is the Arabic word for an assembly, literally a gathering of people sitting together, and it was used for the sessions of learned scholars, philosophers, intellectuals, and artists, brought together to discuss and debate. Our podcast intends to accomplish the same purpose of bringing together experts and scholars for discussion and conversation about the politics, histories, cultures of the Middle East, Islamic world, and Muslim diasporas.
1: You can find the Mejlis on your favorite podcast site, including Spotify and Apple iTunes. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think by giving us a rating.
0: Salam, hello bonjour this is adnan hussein director of the muslim uh, society's global perspectives project at queens and i'm your host for this edition of the majlis welcome to the majlis i'm really excited today to talk with student Asim, who is an artist in the gta um, and with whom i've had the pleasure of working with a little bit before Um, during islamic history month this last year we collaborated he's an author as well as an artist and we collaborated on an event about uh, andalus um, muslim spain in art and in history a kind of dialogue uh, based on his book tire of ties and um, we he also uh, did an event for us um, at queens uh, based on his islamophobia.io website project uh, to collect and tell and circulate stories for people to tell their stories. Um, so awesome student awesome. welcome uh, to the Majlis.
2: Thank you for having me, Adnan. This is an honor and a pleasure and it's, it's always great to see you and, uh, and speak to you again.
0: Well, it's wonderful to have you here because I think it's very important that people learn a little bit more about the work that you're doing um, in terms of art against Islamophobia. It's a really wonderful concept. Perhaps you can tell us a little bit more about um, your project on Islamophobia.
2: There's an additional project that I released just after the London terror attacks. called Islamophobia.io. That's actually the web link. It's It's, um, it's uh, got a techie.io uh, um, feel to it, but it is, a and the reason for that, it is a digital project. So this is an outreach project driven by Muslims and allies to tell stories from within to reach, um, reach the wider community and also reach um, within communities as well. And it really is a special opportunity to hear first person narratives of actual narratives from within communities, as opposed to kind of just um, hearing about um, Islamic communities from the news or from, uh, you know, the film, you know, you know movies or, or this or that. It's really intimate accounts of lived Muslim experiences and of allies who, who have overlap with the Muslim community to really, really get uh, an authentic flavor for how Muslims live
0: mm-hmm. so it's a web-based project where people can upload their own pres- stories uh, story drafts to the to the website um, How many people have uh, participated in this I mean how many stories have you uh, ended up collecting?
2: yeah I mean it's a, it's a young project right now and um, you know so right now we have uh, about 60 stories. Wow, and you know, I think um, it's promise for something. I think bigger. Yeah. Um, some, it's it's proof that there is value in this for some people. I've had some um, cool feedback from different kinds of people. People who are in the academic space, people in the social space, and really, what this is is where academia and and social and culture all kind of collide and come together. So it becomes an opportunity. Uh, for different segments of society to actually witness and kind of participate in this, uh, in this project. Uh, for Muslims and allies, it's an opportunity for activism. And at the same time, for the public, it's an opportunity to read stories. And it's also an opportunity for allies and Muslims to read other people's, uh, other stories from, from allies and Muslims, because there's diversity within the community itself hmm
0: now why stories i mean i think you you've gotten at it a little bit about what's different from some of the other kinds of projects that are much more declarative about uh, educating what islam is or trying to break down stereotypes through uh providing you know information about islam and muslims uh, to the wider public you're doing something that's a little bit different why stories what do you think the stories accomplish and how they work in ways that is um, either different or more effective than some of the other ways of um, doing outreach Um, what do you think is valuable about the stories
2: in i mean absolutely i think i think that you know um, storytelling is something that is part of human culture Mm -hmm. it's you know even even in the quran and in the Bible. I mean, even God likes stories, because there's yeah. stories in the Quran and Bible and, and so it's a tool really of communication. I feel that 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 in a time like this, where, you know, you know, as it as an artist and as a as a creative producer, you know, I'm trying to look for ways to to reach, to reach, you know, the other side or to reach someone else. And I think that um, You know i think most people know that stories are really really valuable and people are always around stories anyway Mm -hmm. it's just that this opportunity is i think um unique because it is a hub where you can find a lot of different kinds of stories and have segmented the stories so that you can talk about specific um uh, aspects of your experience within you know by being a muslim and and by, by by that i don't mean like you need to um mention it's just you as the storyteller you don't have to even mention anything about faith in your story because it's not really just about only faith it's just about you and it's really coming from you and really that's what what this is about is that it's it's coming from the muslim community it could be about something as serious as Islamophobia or anti-Muslim hate. But at the same time, there's many other categories like love, Mm -hmm. like mother, you know, like travel. You know, there's different aspects and it's really open. And really what it is, is that when when you share from within, it becomes a special treat for the public because they get to hear the intimate stories that they necessarily wouldn't ever hear. I mean, because most people are coming home, they're doing their thing in the evening, they have all their lives to live. So what is that medium that can come across easily and that the most people can do? So this is a text-based opportunity where you get to write stories. There's no interference in terms of uh, visuals or uh, liking the stories. Uh, Everyone's truth is the same. Mm -hmm. And so really what it is, is you engage with the text And I think the most important thing is that it's designed with really zero barrier to entry. Most people write a reasonable length or maybe a a short excerpt. So really in minutes, Mm -hmm. you can get so much intimacy that then can give you more touch points and more opportunities to get to know uh, the communities. And perhaps that can reduce prejudice, Mm -hmm. including Islamophobia.
0: Right, yeah, so, um, the power of narrative and people's personal experiences that they can share in this kind of democratic hub because you just tell your story and it's there with the with all these others, and that there are a variety of different themes, some of them, as you pointed out, can be very much related to an experience that might be very intense about discrimination or about prejudice, but also there A lot of positive ways of just sharing experience on these various different themes of human experience love travel encounter that then breaks down some of these stereotypes in a different way that's really wonderful i wonder if you have you know maybe one a uh, story that really typifies what you think can be done that you want to share? Uh, you've got 60, I don't know, is there one that really sticks in your mind right at the moment that you think would be good for people to hear about uh, and encourage them to go to the website and discover well, the others?
2: No, definitely. I mean, I, I I've honestly been really uh, blown away by many stories um, and the kind of time that people took to to craft the stories, they're just really really beautiful. Some of them have been very very emotional. Um, some of them have been have just written a few lines, and um, but I have some observations I can share. Mm-hmm. One is I felt that the stories that some people have shared here, they wouldn't wouldn't necessarily share them on Facebook or Instagram. Mm-hmm. There's an outreach component to these stories, so. They're more compelled to tell certain stories that are more invisible or hidden or not so obvious or not so commercial, and and really tell them over here, because you know there's that aspect that maybe someone will read it read it with that with that um, with the pre with the preconceived notion of this may you know be an outreach story and and it might it might present a perspective i'll just give you a quick example there was a story um lately of of a girl who um worked in a supermarket and she was a cashier and there was a lady with a hijab that came but she started counting her money and it took a bit longer so the lady behind her freaked out and and said those people um shouldn't be here because they 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 hold us up and all that and that's the title of the story those people and and you know it's just something like that that I thought is interesting, and I've seen it again and again where people may not necessarily just tell that random story on Instagram just because um, they may, but I, I I also felt like there were some reserve stories here just for this platform another another observation uh, another observation is. Uh, what was I going to say? <laughs> yeah, I totally blamed out. <laughs> come, I'll come back to it. Uh, let's keep talking.
0: Yeah, no no problem. I mean, what was interesting to me about that that story is that mm. it really illustrates the way in which daily lived experience, um, it's right. you know, like a common experience that people have. Like, you know, everyone gets frustrated or annoyed waiting in the line. You know, nobody likes to be delayed and waiting. And sure. that's just a very common experience. But in this case, it will take on a different flavor because um, somebody's got a noticeable difference, in this case, wearing hijab. And so it's just commonly annoying. But then it'll become it'll come out and express itself and take this kind of form that is more hurtful or more destructive, simply because it gives vent. And that it's not that this I don't know, maybe it doesn't sound to me like it's that person obviously has problems and has prejudiced views. But it wouldn't necessarily come out if they weren't just frustrated, you know? And so there's a frustration that comes out in daily life well, and then it channels it, right. in these targeting of
2: particular community yeah. groups. I mean, it also wouldn't come out if the person was of a different ethnicity. That's what exactly. the story says. Yeah,
0: that's right. And when the
2: cashier spoke out, she, she actually uh, went through a two second dilemma where should she say something or should she not say something? And she did say something to the, um, to the customer. And then there were some other people in the line who also said something to the customer. So um, she, she, uh, the cashier didn't want to let it go. And she's, she's, uh, she feels good about that, that, that she called it out. Um, so, you know, I mean, the thing about the platform is that it's so dynamic mm-hmm. that when you come to read a story, you're actually going to be reading stories that you actually didn't come to read as well yeah or come you know so you may come for a particular story but you're gonna bump into many many more that will give you nuanced perspectives and new ideas and they're they're really uh, telling mm-hmm. you know when you have people and you get when you have people tell their truths in their own voices and what this platform is not concerned about is it's not concerned about perfection it's not concerned about curation in the sense of certain people get to tell their stories. We don't care about that. We're not that kind of platform. This is open to anybody. Mm-hmm. And well, if even if you have spelling mistakes, that's cool because there's an innocence to just expression. And so this platform um, is is uh, not exclusive.
0: Right. Well, speaking of which, we should invite listeners to share their stories. How can they go and um, get involved? Tell their stories. Uh, read other stories where where should they go again
2: so islamophobia.io is the platform link Mm -hmm. and you know there's lots of you know things i'm learning about by working with people by reaching out to different organizations by organizations kind of connecting with me i actually have uh, a couple of opportunities opportunities right now one is about bill 21 so now I'm getting into specific stories for people who may want to say uh, something specifically. So there's an initiative there. So certain segments of, of society may be interested in, in, in certain types of um, initiatives. So right. 21 is one initiative that I've launched. Yeah. Well, that's so-
0: very interesting. I mean, uh, for those who don't know... Um- mm-hmm. If you're Canadian, I'm sure you do know, you've heard of Bill 21, which is a Quebec law that was passed that restricts public display by um, public employees and officials um, like teachers or judges or police uh, people from um, wearing visible signs of uh, their religious faith. Um, Mm -hmm. Interestingly, of course, it seems to be principally targeting people who wear hijab or um, you know it's technically (laughs) about secularism in Quebec society but it is definitely a measure that is excluding um, Muslims from the public sphere Uh, so that's a very important um, you know issue that uh, you're addressing with your uh, with your project here but I understand also um, since we're talking about Quebec of course we're coming up to the fifth anniversary of the Quebec uh, City Mosque Massacre on January 29th, 2017, uh, when six people were, you know, brutally uh, cut down and shot at their place of prayer. And I think about 17 uh, or so people were also injured um, in this mass spree shooting by um, Alexander Bissonette um that anniversary is coming up soon and i believe um obviously this is one of the most violent and obvious cases of islamophobia an act of of violent islamophobia that uh, has happened in canadian society and quebec society Um, and you have a project uh, designed to address uh, this anniversary that's coming up maybe you could tell us uh, also a little bit about that since it's associated with the same islamophobia.io platform
2: Absolutely. This, this, this project is a, a letter writing initiative, where the public can actually, you know, do something about Islamophobia. Typically, what happens when we talk about Islamophobia, or hate or prejudice, is that the, the group that's not really targeted by that particular hate um, is really an outsider uh, you know, to to the experiences, you know, the innate, the intimate experiences and the and the, and the dangerous, dangerous experiences um, a community faces. Now, I understand that, it, you know, it, you cannot expect people to have every experience on Earth. Different communities have different experiences. Now, how do we bridge the gap, though, and allow people to, you know, understand or, uh, you know, learn more? about experiences that may not be directly your own. I think Islamophobia is one of those cases where, you know, um, it's something that may be related, you know, directly towards Muslims, but at the same time, it's a societal issue. And I think Islamophobia is not a Muslim issue. It is everyone's issue. So how can we do something where everyone can be involved and not just passively listen to hearing about that day or hearing about Islamophobia on the news and just kind of hearing about it. And this is a letter writing uh, opportunity on Islamophobia.io where by writing a letter, you, the act of writing a letter in and of itself stands with the victims of that day and you amplify their stories. Not only that, your act of writing is resistance against Islamophobia. So it's been designed to be um, creative, simple, effective, and easy so that people could take action. And one last point on that is that, you know, after London, you know, I was at that vigil, and I was really impressed. There was a sea of thousands of people that had come out. And my, my feeling was that, wow, you know, I mean, the public is here. They're, they're standing in solidarity with the Muslim community, with, you know, against hate, you know. Uh, and, and and it's not like you have to, you can just stand in solidarity with hate, you know, like whatever community is. you just, you know, you, you're against it. But what is that thing that you can do? And that was that feeling I had was, you know, if the public knew, that they could do something like where they, we can channel that solidarity so others can see, I think it would be a very special opportunity. It's amazing to have people show up at a visual, but then after the lights and camera go away, it's hard for everyone else to know what's going on in people's personal lives. Now, I know there could be many, many amazing uh, people doing good work in the community, but really a lot of it is hidden. If we can put something in writing where, we have a pro, proactive opportunity, not a reactive opportunity. So Islamophobia.io is open twenty four seven by three sixty five. We don't have to wait for something bad to happen. So now you can come here, and if I think if some members of the public actually knew, they could come and share sentiments as stories anytime. I think it would be welcome because they 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 you know it's something that they can do, you know, and there's the act of writing and the act of um, participating. Is something you can do, especially when it's a hub, when you collect stories in one place, and and it's really a, a, a you know con- I think it's just a, a, a sign of allyship and um, a sign that you know there is something to do, as opposed to just hearing about it and there's more to do rather, and there's more there's more ways to kind of um, create change
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i think uh, when you first mentioned that it was a letter writing campaign immediately i thought about okay so who are we sending these letters to who is it addressed to Mm -hmm. Uh, but then as i looked at the website and discovered a little bit more about um, the nature of the campaign and the effort i realized you're doing it as a perpetual digital letter of solidarity I wonder if maybe you could talk about why doing it that way, when you describe it as a letter campaign, it makes it seem like you're lobbying, you know, public officials or something. But you've got kind of a different conception. I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit more about what this means to you, why you've done it this way and clarify for people that it's not about writing a letter that you're addressing to someone in particular, or it might be, I mean, maybe someone might choose to do it that way. And that's interesting. It's open to who they might address it to, but it's that it'll be hosted on this site to be available right. yeah. at, at all times.
2: Yeah. I was just going to say that. I mean, um, it's really people's truths. So they may write a letter, um, any way they wish, but, um, I think that the opportunity here is to write a letter, um, that is in solidarity with uh, the victims and, and of, uh, and um against islamophobia but sure they can definitely address it to someone in particular and each letter has its own link so after the fact it may be curated certain letters may be uh, filtered or uh, presented to perhaps officials
0: okay or
2: people who uh or for example a digital art exhibit or let's say a particular school does a performs an initiative, those specific letters from those specific students, for example, can be specifically curated for some kind of event presentation, and that sort of thing. The other thing is is that the letters are, are what I call, and the whole site really is, is what I call digital philanthropy. And the idea that when you write the act of writing is improving the welfare of societies. So your letter is not only going to be read on January 29th. It will be read on January 30th. Uh It will be read on February 28th. It will be read the following year. So it'll always be perpetual in that sense. And when people come across your letter, you know, there's perspectives and there's intimacy and there's, and there's, um, um, you know, your feelings that are transmitted that transcend time. And I think that's really critical because, you know, um, it's encouraging, it's encouraging. And it's not just about that day because I'm not interested in just a particular flash moment or a particular day or an event, because typically, what, you know, what I've observed is that things are hyped up, they happen, and then we move on.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We're not going to let that happen here. We will document and we will preserve. And this is an archive and it may be used in many different ways, you know, because it has its own link and it's independent.
0: Right. Well, that sounds that sounds fascinating um, in terms of how you've conceived it. I wonder also, though, if you do collect um, letters and have submissions uh, in the next couple of weeks uh, and have a substantial enough number that you could. Uh, select from them do you plan to do so- anything on the day of january 29th in terms of uh presenting any of these in some venue or as a vigil or doing something as an online kind of event what what plans do you have if any for how you might use any of the letters that people send to you ahead of time and i want to encourage listeners to go to islamophobia.io slash jan 29 uh, where they can find the link and some of the directions that you've given about what this uh, project is all about, and where they can submit a letter. What would what might you do with some of these letters on the day of commemorating, you know, this horrible tragedy and this anniversary?
2: Uh, I think that's a great question. I mean, um, to be honest, I'm I'm really um, uh, learning a lot as I as I as I go through. This is really um, the first major initiative where, you know, I'm working with the public to, to, you know, um, uh, you know, collect letters and, 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 and preserve them digitally on Islamophobia.io. um You know, I, I think I would extend that invitation to, to that question, that invitation to many groups, mm-hmm. because I think that, you know, um, the idea is, is that you can run with this as well. Uh, for example, I was speaking to an educator, Uh, or some educators in the Kingston area. And, and um, um, they were like, well, when we write these letters, you know, maybe our students can present them afterwards, Mm -hmm. you know, and and so there's follow-up. So, I mean, I, I really encourage people to, um, you know, take advantage of, 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 of the letters that are there, whether they're your own or, or maybe from someone else. Um, I mean, I, I was, I was invited some years ago to Queens Park to, present letters from January 29th, that I had, um, um, uh, you know, it was incredible how I I was able to connect with an educator who, who had written, who had had students had written letters. So I I, I have those letters. And I created an exhibit, an exhibit out of them Mm -hmm. um, for that day. And, and I think when I saw even young children seeing those letters, it really said something that you know what you know what if we could make this a national opportunity and and a and a wider opportunity for more people to to witness this so i guess I, i'm learning and i'm um uh you know I'm, I'm still kind of it's an open question um but again the beautiful thing is that this can be curated even after jan 29th
0: absolutely yeah it has an enduring continuing impact um you know living archive of people's experiences and feelings uh about this event um you know january 29th will be a national day of remembrance uh Mm -hmm. for the quebec city mosque victims Mm -hmm. and a day of action against islamophobia that's been declared now in canada but of course we know that a day against Islamophobia isn't, you know, one day of action is uh, not enough. It's a consciousness raising opportunity. I think this project fits very much into focusing some of those experiences and feelings uh, and concerns, but it needs to be continued on. And so that's, I'm, I'm very encouraged by the fact that these would be available subsequently as continual reminders that can be used in a variety of creative ways perhaps, for people to build communities uh, against of standing in solidarity and against discrimination, um, you know, in different communities. Um, but hopefully, maybe you will have an opportunity. Uh, perhaps I've just decided an idea that perhaps on the 29th, we should create mm-hmm. a, or have a vigil. And perhaps if you've received some new letters that you think would be useful, perhaps mm-hmm. we could have a session at least to share these and remember um you know the victims on on that day uh, it's just a thought but i want yeah, love this no, project. I it's so so valuable
2: yeah I, I guess the only thing is i wouldn't be speaking in french because uh we opened up this opportunity for the very first time where people can actually write in french which is new to the platform and this is because i want to hear from quebecers i want to hear from quebec i want to hear from people who speak french across the country i, I think it's a really a, a, a cool opportunity because at Islamophobia.io, I want to keep it fresh, Mm -hmm. you know, because I, you know, you know, I think, I think it, you know, we need innovation to fight hate. Yes. You know, I feel, and I think that when you make this proactive, when you make it um, something that people can participate in, when you bring allies in and you realize it's not a Muslim issue anymore, and when you make it so that it's digital, you got to really, I think, I think it's a really special uh, chance to do something different. And do something that's lasting, and again, it can be curated in all these letters, and these are things that politicians can read afterwards as well. Um, and as as the years go on, and God willing, if the, if the platform uh, persists, you know, I mean, there's multiple compounding stories um, uh, of certain events, and and so on. So it does become a, it, it does become a historical archive of. Um, you know, of, of, of these, of these events where, where the public for the first time, I guess, um, you know, maybe had a chance to do something a bit differently um, as opposed to maybe going on Instagram and, or, or, or Facebook um, and doing it there. It's more concentrated here. Uh, you know, the fact that some people may not want to tell stories in general, but, you know, one thing I do have to say that uh, another observation is that, uh, as I said earlier, some people don't uh, necessarily, they didn't tell their stories on other on other platforms, only because they felt there's an outreach platform here. But also, some people don't tell stories at all because they don't have a following, uh-huh. right? Or they're afraid that they don't they're not they don't have the right, you know, uh, uh, Muslim community friends around them or something. But they want to say something here. You could talk. You can tell your story anonymously. Uh-huh. You don't have to like um, you know declare who you are. You know, it's really the experience and the sentiment. So, I think that's become that becomes very unique uh, for certain types of people who don't want to share their identities, or students, for example, who are young and and their identities are not—they uh, don't need to be published, but rather their, the fact that their stories exist is change. And so, the whole thing is instant. It's instant, and 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 it's because. We need change and we need innovation to make change. And I think that the fact that you can just drop a story anytime and instantly make change in the world, I think that's a very powerful thing.
0: Indeed. Well, um, Student Awesome, I want to thank you very much for coming and talking to us about um, your interesting artistic work and project of using art and using these kinds of narratives and letters literary forms of confronting uh, islamophobia directly and through just sharing experience um, on islamophobia.io people uh, listeners do go visit the website support the website Um, you can assist in making it vibrant and also in supporting it financially um And also look for Islamophobia.io's special page on January 29th, so slash Jan29, where you can um, write a letter of solidarity um, ahead of the the, uh, anniversary that's coming up, um, which we will be marking and we will be having lots of events around, um, but it's very important that we develop uh, cultural forms of commemorating this so that we don't forget and that we keep uh, the memory of the victims alive and also that we confront Islamophobia in our own communities and in our own lives and experiences Uh, the only way to do that is to create these commemorations that are part of our culture as Muslims and allies of Muslims in Canadian society uh, and beyond so do check that out Um, Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us and talking about uh, your work today.
2: Thank you so much for having me, and It was really a pleasure and an honor.
1: Thank you for joining us in the Majlis, a podcast by MSGP. Muslim Societies Global Perspectives, or MSGP, is an initiative at Queen's University dedicated to connecting the complex history of Islamic societies with the contemporary world. You can connect, learn more, and support us by checking out our website, www.queensu.ca slash msgp, and stay up to date with our events by following us on Twitter, at msgpQU, and on our Facebook, msgpQU. You can also follow our YouTube channel, The Matchless.